This podcast is not meant to be professional advice of any kind. It's meant to be informative and entertaining. If you make any changes to your life, see the appropriate professional before you do so. Hello and welcome to SuperAge. My name is David Harry Stewart. I'm the founder of Aegist. At SuperAge, we help you live better and become the best version of yourself. And who doesn't want a SuperAge? Welcome to episode 48 of the SuperAge podcast. This will be dropping on August the 18th, 2021. Great to have you with us here. Um, you know, I've received a few questions about my mom and her health. And the reality is my mom's health is really, really bad. Um, she's 91, uh, and she's now in assisted living, and she has uh, bone cancer, um, which is very not good. And she's had a really rough, you know, two or three months. However, things have changed rather dramatically in the last couple of weeks, because my mom, who is now wheelchair-bound and, in fact, needs help getting from the bed to the wheelchair or and really anywhere from the wheelchair, uh, has a flirtation going with another gentleman who's of similar age and in a similar condition in her facility, and he waits outside her door for her uh, so that they can both go to dinner together or lunch together. And, you know, speaking to my mom about this, it's like I'm speaking to somebody who's 14. You know, she's kind of all a titter and asking me things like, well, what will people think? And I and I just, I don't remind her. <laughs> like, well, nobody's going to think anything. Like, your circumstances are, um, don't warrant that. So, But she's doing so much better. When I speak to her on the phone, she's like really chipper, and she talks about how busy she is and all this stuff she has to do. And I, I sort of wonder, you know, how this will affect her prognosis, um, what, what, if any, changes will have? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know from speaking to Dr. Ken View on this podcast a couple of months ago and reading his book about the way attitude and, and, and point of view and general level of happiness affects one's epigenetic outcome, there might be an effect here. I don't know. But mom, mom is just having a ball, and it's, it's really just a joy to speak to her and, you know, sort of by, by phone— participate in this new segment of her life. This week on the show, we're going to explore something that I know very little about. There's a lot of things I don't know much about. But this is something that I really want to learn about, which is homeopathy. I know homeopathy has been around for a couple hundred years, and people use it very successfully. I have some very limited experience with it. I don't really understand how it works what its origins are, uh, and you know, to help us understand this and un- unpack all this, I've invited on the show Christophe Merville. And Christophe is a French pharmacist uh, currently living in the U.S. who is an expert on homeopathic medicines. And Christophe is a French pharmacist. And as a pharmacist in France, it's a very different relationship that one has with one's patients than here in the U.S. So in, in the U.S., you know, you get a CVS or Walgreens, and hand them a slip of paper, and they hand you a package. In in France, it's quite different. There's a real relationship between the pharmacist and their patients. 
that's not entirely dissimilar from like a doctor's relationship here in the U.S. The other interesting thing about in France, homeopathic medicines are really on par with pharmaceuticals. And in fact, they're prescribed uh, in a way that is either complementary to the pharmaceuticals or people will, uh, pharmacists will prescribe them or doctors will prescribe them as a better solution to a pharmaceutical, as a sort of a, a whole parallel track. So we're going to find out about this in a few minutes after a quick word from our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Inside Tracker. You know what your chronological age is, or at least we hope you do, um, but do you know what your inner age is? I've been using the Inside Tracker platform since February, when I did my initial blood test and my genetic tests. And over the next several months, I followed the recommendations on the platform. The result was I reduced my LDL cholesterol by 20% in that amount of time by using their food-based suggestions along with a couple of supplements, no drugs. Now, I sent those blood tests. I did a second set of blood tests back about three weeks ago, and I sent them to my regular doc. And I said, what do you think? And in his words, he said, this is amazing. What are you doing? Well, what I was doing was following the recommendations on the Inside Tracker platform. I'm a huge fan of this platform. It works. Um, you know, just looking at the follow-up on my levels, everything's better. So it's really, it's a wonderful thing. It's, you know, this is not a replacement for going to see your doctor. You need to do that. You need to have a GP. It's an add-on. It's a way for you to take incremental actions to improve your health. In a way that, you know, my doc's not going to tell me what to eat every day. Inside Tracker will. And it really works. It really helps. If you would like to check out Inside Tracker, and I suggest you do immediately, go to insidetracker.com slash ages, save 25%. That's insidetracker, all one word, dot com slash ages, save 25%. Hey, Christoph, how are you today? I'm excellent. I'm delighted to be your host today. Oh, it's your, good to your have guest, you. Guest, <laughs> it's, uh, it's good to have you with us. Um, and tell us a little bit about your background. My background is uh, this: I'm a French pharmacist, and uh, I've been trained more specifically in hospital pharmacy. That means I was uh, you really uh, at the bed of the patients, trying to optimize their treatments. And then after my military service, I joined uh, the Brown Group, uh, specialized in homeopathy, four years in France. And in 94, uh, they exported me to the U.S. And that's where I am. Wonderful. Uh, so we're going to, what I really want to understand is homeopathy, how this works, um, what's going on. But I, uh, I want to hear just a little bit about your journey. How did you go from pharmacist to homeopathy? First of all, in France, homeopathy is very much integrated in medical practice. So I had 36 hours of homeopathic training during my, during my uh, pharmacy studies. So it was, you know, it's a fact that you every pharmacy sells homeopathic medicine. So it was not so exotic. <clears throat> then, of course, using in a, in a hospital setting at that time, you rarely use homeopathic medicines. And uh, I was healthily skeptical. And I think that's the attitude that every person, every healthcare professional shall have. But <clears throat> when I started to work with 
uh, born and especially uh, working with uh, physicians and pharmacists. And looking at the, you know, attending consultations, following the patients, my attitude changed. I remember one day <clears throat> there was a farmer coming uh, to the, the branch I was working on and he was asking for large buckets of homeopathic medicines to treat, to treat his turkeys because there was some kind of turkey flu epidemic in his, uh, you know, big uh, 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 place where they, he was raising turkeys. I say, if I don't treat them, it's a 95% death toll. If I treat them, we go down to 30%. And the guy was just a farmer. So I said, may I come with you? And I saw what he was doing and how he was treating. Of course, there was a veterinary uh, doctor special who had a training in homeopathy who were giving him, who was prescribing the treatment. But for the farmer, it was just, you know, mixing powder in water, giving that to turkeys. And you could, you, you, you see it. I mean, so I started to really dig in, try to see research, clinical, biological, physical research. <laughs> what is it? What is behind it? And though that changed my mind, there are many things we don't know. There are a few things we really know. And while homeopathy has been around for 200 years, uh, there are, it, it, we cannot completely <laughs> dismiss it. I think it would be stupid. So you came in as a skeptic. Yeah. And then um, outside of the turkeys, I'm, 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 I'm guessing you, you, you started to use this on patients in the hospital. Well, no, no, no. I, at this point, I was not in the hospital. But... Hmm. I started to, of course, uh, train uh, pharmacists and physicians. Ah. I started to get the feedbacks. Uh, you know, when you, you are a pharmacist and you start to recommend homeopathic medicine and you see your, your patients coming back and say, wow, that's great. Ah. Okay. You say, hmm, okay. It, but then the next step is going from empirical to experimental and looking at the literature. There is not enough literature about homeopathic medicine, but there is still a lot. If you Google, uh, if you go to PubMed and you type homeopathy, you're going to get more than 6,000 publications. Hmm. So there is research on homeopathy. And uh, even if we say half of it is negative, there is still some very interesting evidence uh, showing that, yes, uh, although we don't know exactly how it works, we have very interesting uh, clinical research and physical research, bio biological research. So that helped me to stay in the field and say, at least, even if we don't know everything, healthcare professionals should know that it exists, it's legal, uh, it's FDA regulated in the US and, and they need to be able to answer their patients' question about homeopathy in order for this tool to be used properly. Mm. Okay. So now, what is homeopathy? Homeopathy first is a way to treat people. It is not the way. It's like a, 
a tool in your toolbox. Imagine you have a toolbox, but you don't have any screw, you don't have the screwdriver. It's going to be difficult. So homeopathy is a tool that you can use in some specific cases. The second thing is that it is a tool that has been that has been invented or discovered about 200 years ago at the during the age of, of enlightenment, about at the same time vaccination was developed. And in fact, the principle are similar. I would not say homeopathy is vaccination because it's not, but the uh, the, the, the a discovery has very much similarities. The goal was for the first homeopath to say, what is the smallest dose of an active substance I can give in order to trigger a reaction that will help the body overcome the problem? So it, it looks very philosophical, but in fact, the beauty of it is that current research uh, confirms this intuition. So homeopathy is basically, let me give you an example. If I, you're in a small kitchen, the windows are closed, and I'm asking you to peel and chop about five pounds of onions. So you're going to start having, you know, irritated, irritated eyes. Your nose will start to run uh, acrid, irritating. You're going to sneeze, and everything will be better if you get outside and breathe fresh air. Mm-hmm. Now let's let's take a person who has a hay fever episode or the beginning of a cold with the similar symptoms. That means, you know, sneezing, runny nose, watery discharge, and uh, uh, getting better when they breathe fresh air. A homeopathic preparation from the onion, what we call allium sepa, the Latin name of the onion, will relieve the symptoms. So likewise. What happens when you drink too much coffee? Well, it's hard for you to go to sleep. You're hypervigilant. Your mind has racing thoughts. You're agitated. Now, let's take a person who not necessarily didn't necessarily drink too much coffee, but is tired, but with racing thoughts, agitated while going to sleep. A homeopathic preparation from the coffee bean that we call coffee acruda will relieve the symptoms. So is the small dose causing an adaptation response in the body? Uh, What we know is that it seems that the mechanism of action is different for each substance. However, everything points to a stimulating effect of this very small dose. And I cannot say more because we are still at the discovery, you know, level, but Everything look, looks like uh, if you give a very small dose of something, the body reacts to it as if, in fact, the, high, the first hypothesis is you want to create an artificial disease by giving this substance. And the body will react to it and at the same time relieve or uh, heal from the main disease which has similar symptoms ah that's why you that's why you mentioned vaccination so well, yeah, vaccination it, it, we know 
I want to be clear. Yes. Vaccination, we know how it works. Yes. Homeopathy is not vaccination. Uh, uh, and you cannot vaccinate uh, okay. with homeopathy. Gotcha. Okay. Let's be clear. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, please, um, COVID's a bad thing. <laughs> Get vaccinated. It's a different animal. Exactly. Um, but it's a similar, I just as you're speaking, it's, um, I believe the word is hormesis. Exactly. You, you have the key word. There is a, I, I had the chance to, to meet one of the main specialists of hormesis in the US, Dr. Calabrese. And uh, during a long flight to France, he explained to me what it was. And <clears throat> basically, yes, in many different uh, situations, if you give, for example, uh, uh, if you let grow plants with uh, arsenic contaminated water, giving a very small amount of uh, arsenic in the medium will help the plant eliminate arsenic faster and then survive at a higher rate. Same thing for microbes, for uh, radioactivity and so on. A small dose of something in many cases help the living organism to overcome or uh, leave, you know, eliminate some of the side effects or whatever, but overcome the toxic effect of the initial stimulus. How small of a dose are we talking here? Well, it depends. With homeopathic medicines, you can have doses that are small, but still measurable. Uh, you, if, if you go to a pharmacy today and you get, buy this medicine for cold that contains zinc, it's a very small dose of zinc, but it's still a dose you can measure. But uh, in other cases, like arsenic, uh, <coughs> we are talking about what we call a homeopathic dilution, which is 30C, which is theoretically, uh, which is prepared by diluting the substance 100 times, 30 times. So the dose is infinitesimal, and we cannot measure it exactly. There are people who, who can make mathematical calculation and say it's a number one, you know, uh, one divided by one followed with 60 zeros. But that's mathematical. In really, in, in, in the physical world, those numbers have no sense. Uh, the dilution is very, very small, but there's probably still molecules in there. All right. So I'm really going to go off the deep end here. Uh... If, or if you're going to those levels of dilution, then is it some sort of electrical s- signature f- that's left over? Like what? Because you're talking about something that's so tiny, tiny, tiny. Wh- what, is, what is it in there that's signaling the body to like, hey, wake up, this thing is here? There are many hypotheses about the nature of the homeopathic signal. And I know that electromagnetic fields, even nano you know, nanotechnology or uh, nanoparticles or uh, uh, even quantum physics have been invoked. But, you know, I think it's more simple than that. When you dilute using the homeopathic method, each time you dilute, you'll get less efficient in diluting. It's like trying to kill cockroaches in, in, in a house. You can kill 99%, you get 1%. But it's going to be very hard to kill, you know, 99% of those 1%. So you always have at least one cockroach remaining or two. (laughs) So the homeopathic dilution seems to me to be like this. 
the more you dilute, the less efficient you are in diluting. So there is uh, still, there are still molecules probably in the solvent. We cannot, with our actual physical chemical techniques, we cannot actually measure them. Although every year we get further and further, it, it gets more and more difficult to see, to touch, to visualize them. However, uh, what we have seen so far is, yes, uh, you cannot really eliminate all the molecules. So, and on the biological science, it looks like a small, very small stimulus is still able to trigger, in some cases, uh, interesting biological reaction. Re remember, and I'm going to finish with that, we are in a culture, especially here in the US, where more is better. You will want super strength. And so we, our, our mind are, tr are biased towards, I want something big. We forgot, forget about the very small. But when you look at how our brain functions, how our hormonal system functions, sometimes it's a few molecules secreted by the hypothalamus that are able to trigger huge reactions in our body. This is so interesting. Um... Yes, because it, it, you're right. You want uh, more. You want like a higher dose. You want, um, you know, uh, the American way. Supersize it, right? Yes. Um, so, but, and help me out here. But what I'm hearing is a small couple of molecules of the correct substance will cause the body. It's a, it's a signal to cause the body to react in a different way. Mm -hmm. the, did I get that right? It, in general, that's what we think it is. More precisely, uh, when we look at a couple of uh, medicines for which we have you know, actual research, we see that there is, for example, a substance called uh, gelsemium, which is extracted from the root of the yellow jasmine, beautiful, bright yellow flower uh, you know, you can plant in your garden. It's, it's gorgeous. But uh, this substance, if you take it, will make you very uh, apprehensive and you'll have headaches and you'll get slower. You, it will be f difficult for you to think. You'll get drowsy. Okay. We know now that gelsemium, that means that substance diluted, 5C, which is uh, ten, uh, more than 10 of a billion, ten, one tenth of a billion, of a billionth, so very, very small, is able to activate in the brain the secretion of neurosteroids. And those neurosteroids, by a cascade of reaction, decrease anxiety and pain. Uh, this is something that can, you know, is now very interestingly uh, explained on the biological, uh, you know, level, uh, needs to be, of course, studied more and more and more. But there are actually <laughs> in the body mechanisms of amplification of signals. And the goal is to find the right key, the, mm. right, the right small quantity of molecule that will stimulate that 
So I'm getting a better picture of this. Thank you uh, for your explanation. Um, if, it, it, so as my understanding, say um, we take something very powerful like uh, opiate, fentanyl, something, you know, this is like an elephant tranquilizer. So that goes in and that blocks. <laughs> so pharmaceuticals in general, they, they sort of like stop something from happening, more or less. In, uh, in general, but not exclusively, you have also medicine that stimulate and medicine that prevent. But you're right to say that uh, most of the time in pharmacology, you want to saturate receptors to mm -hmm. block yes. a, a, an undesirable reaction. Right. And what I'm hearing from you is this is a very different system. We're going to go in with a couple of molecules and we're going to stimulate the body with a signal so that it behaves or secretes something else in a, in a cascade. Did, did I get that right? You want to work, you know, in, in, the beauty of, of biology is that for every phenomenon, you have a phenomenon that modulates it, that controls yeah, right, it. Right, right. And you can work on the primary stimulus or you can work on the way it's modulated. Right. Which requires fine tuning. Yes. Makes sense. Okay, uh, it's like when you repair your car at the time where car could be still repaired because now it's not the case anymore. But uh, you, you, you knew really how to fine tune as opposed yes. to putting uh, high octane gasoline in your thing, but you can fine tune. Yes. So that's an analogy. Uh, I think it needs to be completely confirmed. We are still in the realm of good hypothesis, but not certainties. But it, is, it makes sense to think about homeopathic medicines are uh, modulating, regulating, rather than uh, punching right. or right. counteracting. So in, in that modality of the, the tiny signaling molecule, then more is not greater. And it would seem the, like you can't, I mean, maybe, correct me if I'm wrong. You can't overdose on taking, like there's not, there's not a negative, right? Because you're only going to increase the, because you're trying to signal this other thing. If you, if you give a homeopathic medicine past a, a certain dilution, yes, you cannot overdose. Uh, and it, the analogy is that uh, you need, if you are missing a critical piece of information, like a password, I can give you the password on a small piece of paper. I just don't have to take a megaphone and yell it to you. Right. If you have the information, you'll use the information. It's not a right. question of quantity of information. It's a question of quality of information. Oh, that's brilliant. Okay. So now help me out practically speaking. Um, so say uh, I, have, uh, I go to the gym a lot. So I'm constantly sore. One part of there's never a day that one part of me doesn't hurt. So, um, how can something, how can homeopathy help me? Like, I don't want to take, I don't take Advil. I don't take any of that sort of stuff. Um, how does this help? What can you do for me? Uh, Stop going to the when, gym. No, nah, no, no. <laughs> no, you will be sore for a few, for maybe at most 15 days, if you have a good coach or if you're well-trained, you'll be sore for the first 15 days. 
and then things will go back to normal because your body will adapt. However, if you want to go through that period with comfort, you can take a homeopathic medicine called Arnica. And these plants, this homeopathic medicine made from the plant, because it's not the same, the, the, the plant has an action, the homeopathic medicine is the plant, but it doesn't have exactly the same action. I want to insist on that. But basically, you'll take Arnica Montana. Now, let's say you really want to work your uh, back. So you do pull-ups, you do, you know, exercise for the back. And you're sore only in the back. So I'll give you Arnica in a low dilution, 60, because it's more localized. But if you're training very seriously, all the muscles, you know, calisthenics, endurance, and, and, and all that thing, and it's your entire body that is sore, then, and even if you're too tired that, uh, to, to, to sleep well at night, I'm going to give you Arnica in a high dilution, like 30C, to really, uh, because they work better on the entire body and all the mind. And by giving to me, you, you, you mean orally, I put them under my tongue or I give you five pellets. You let you put them in your mouth without touching them if you can, because they are very diluted. We want, don't want to contaminate. And you let them dissolve. The absorption is called sublingual. That means the, the medicine will diffuse through the mucous membrane membrane of your mouth directly in your bloodstream. And you know we, we at the beginning of the conversation you said there were some studies out there um, on homeopathy, but not a great deal. Is, is there some that you can tell me about now that you think we should know about? There is, a, there is one that sounds exotic, but I really love it. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about it. All right. And, okay. Uh, in order to try to, to create a model an experimental model of fault to measure the action of homeopathic medicine. The founder of our company, Jean Boiron, developed a model with rats. And I'm sorry for animal lovers because I'm talking about rats. But those rats were intoxicated with arsenic. And half of them, of course, die from the poisoning and the other half is not very nice. But... <clears throat> By giving arsenicum album, a dilution of arsenic, 30C, extraordinarily diluted, we can measure the difference of excretion of arsenic from these rats by just collecting the urine and feces and dosing and see. And the rats treated with arsenicum album excrete much more arsenic. And so they survive better. So that's the first thing that was done uh, in the 60s. Now, recently in Bangladesh, uh, there are poor people that live, you know, in areas where the groundwater is contaminated with arsenic. So they drink it every day with horrible side effects from the arsenic. And uh, a team of doctors from Bangladesh decided to use home to try using homeopathy to see if it was doing something. And they did exactly the same thing. They gave the uh, half of the uh, villagers arsenicum album 30C, and they, they measured how much arsenic they had in their urine, 
there, the measure there, liver enzymes, and, and there are many different signs. And on the human beings that were suffering chronically from intoxication, they, they were able to absolutely verify against placebo and randomly, you know, clinical study well conducted. They were verifying that, yes, when given that homeopathic dilution of arsenic, arsenic amalgam 30C, those people were excreting arsenic much faster, therefore getting healthier, if I can say so, um, better than people who didn't receive the same medicine in the same condition otherwise. So I, I thought that, I thought that it, was, it was brilliant because how can you help these people? You give them pure water, yes, but still, how can you help them getting better uh, using very tiny doses of uh, affordable medicine? I think it was, it was very, very practical and interesting. People use homeopathy in the US because they trust someone who has used homeopathy. Okay. And they try, you know, oh, try this for sleep, it works for me. Or try this for headaches or hot flashes, it works for me. Good. And then when they have tried it and usually they are successful, it's a, it's a successful experience, they realize and we, we try to educate them for that. They realize that it is not only for their con for this condition can be used for many different conditions. Mm. So the 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 place, the scope of homeopathy is this: when you have nothing else in first intention, because it's a safe therapy, it makes sense to try to start using it. In this case, for example, you start the flu, you start the cold. Uh, let's say pre-COVID or, or post-COVID. You know. uh, it makes sense to start homeopathic medicine because the risk of side effects is very low and it will not mask symptoms of a condition that would be more severe. So the odds are in, your, in, in the, the side of, of using homeopathy. So that's one thing. There are also situations where uh, they can be used along with the medical treatment. For example, if you have a person who is allergic and get desensitized, it takes some time. But meanwhile, the person is still allergic. So you can use a homeopathic treatment because it will not interfere with the medical treatment you are using. And the third case is palliative therapy. The best example is oncology. Uh, there are more than 600 oncology centers in the U.S. that are using homeopathic medicine, not to cure cancer, I insist on that, but to increase the quality of life, decrease the side effects of the patient without interfering with the pain treatment. So relieving stress, radiodermatitis from irradiation, mucositis from chemotherapy, uh, you know, a sleep problem just because it's a stressful situation. So those are examples of the scope of homeopathic medicines. Suppose I'm allergic to dogs. My whole life, I've been allergic to dogs. Every time I go around a dog, this isn't true, I love dogs. I'm not allergic to dogs, but um, I know people that are. So is this an, would that be an appropriate use? You can try uh, 
the, the basic approach, the easiest approach is to say, okay, I know nothing about homeopathy. I have an allergic reaction to dogs. <laughs> Let's try to find a combination. And, and you, have, you can find that in health food stores and so on and so forth. But a combination that targets allergy symptoms. This combination will mix several homeopathic medicine and usually one or two or three work on your symptoms. If you're allergic to dogs, you can have hay fever, you can have hives, you can have different reactions, but usually this combination targets these different symptoms. That's one approach, easy, easy to try, affordable, you know, you don't have much to lose. Uh, another, of course, a better or more elaborate uh, way would be to try to find a, a physician skilled in homeopathy. Mm. And he will say, he will give you a more individualized treatment and he, you know, he will uh, fine tune and hone the treatment to you. We say, in we say homeopathy treats the patient more than he treats the disease. It's highly individualized. So I will look at you, okay, uh, your morphology is like this. I look at your pa uh, past history, uh, the type of disease you had, how you react, what are your specific symptoms, and try to find the, the medicines or the medicine that fits your symptom the best. But that requires skill and, of course, time, and it's not as easy. Uh, so those are the two things you can do. Mm. So interesting. And the, you know, what I like about this is that um, if I self-experiment, um, and my feeling is we're all N of one when it comes down to it, so I go and I, and I try, say, four homeopathic solutions to my alleged dog allergy. Um, there's no, they're not interfering with each other because they're all separate signals, right? And I'm not going to injure myself in some way by trying these. Most, no, no. If, if you use, you know, homeopathic medicines that are sold over the counter, uh, the risk, once, once again, the homeopathic pharmacopoeia and the FDA deems them safe for over-the-counter consumption. My recommendation is, of course, use one medicine at a time in order to know which one works. But they are mm. not going to... Uh, if, for example, you are, treat, you are taking supplements on a regular basis, there will be no interference with your treatment. And um, so we'll go back to my dog allergy that I don't have. Um, so it, it, how is there a... Does the signaling happen immediately or is it so like if I go to see an allergist, they're going to give me shots, which sort of over time build up my tolerance. Is it so, a different thing? Well, <clears throat> let's consider that if you have a dog allergy, this is a chronic condition that you will have mm -hmm. for years. But right. this chronic condition has acute episodes. Okay. okay. Every yep. time you are in contact with a dog, you have a reaction. It's going to be acute. So the homeopathic treatment that you can take by yourself will target this acute reaction, will decrease your hay fever, for example. Fine. But a skilled homeopathic, a, a doctor skilled in homeopathy, like I say, will be able to change the way you react on a chronic basis, so that means decrease the intensity and frequency of your acute episodes. So it will give you two treatments. One that he will tell you, every time you 
eye contact with the dog, start this acute treatment to decrease intensity of your reaction. But on the long term, about several years, I'm going to give you something that will decrease progressively the intensity and frequency of your acute reactions. So homeopathy works fast. When you find the right medicine, it works fast. But chronic condition, they are not stopped you know, mm. overnight. You need okay. some time to change that. So um, I, I, I know I'm going to go visit my friend and you've got a big furry dog. I take the homeopathic um, acute solution before I go see the dog. Yes, of course, because you want it right. in your body mm -hmm. uh, um, at the same time or even just before. If you right. know the cause will happen, yes, you take it before. For example, if you know you're going to have uh, surgery, you take Arnica the night before because it's in your body when you, when you need it. Right. Uh, but sometimes we don't know. Uh, right. You know, you, you, you are in a friend and he has a dog and you didn't know. And, and okay. So you take the, the, the dose as soon as possible. What is important is you take the homeopathic medicine as soon as possible. It is a stimulating action. So the, the, the sooner you stimulate, the better you react. With conventional medicine or reaction, especially men, is to say, I want to wait until I'm sick enough right. to justify taking something. Mm -hmm. This is not a good calculation with homeopathic medicines. You want to take them as soon as possible, especially because they, they, are, they work better that way and they are safe. They will, you will not have to suffer from side effects, if you, even if you take them early. And again, I keep, I keep going back to the visual you've given me about the password, right? So it, I, I have the small password right away. And it's like, okay, this is happening, body. You need to like... Get ready for this. That's great. Think, think about it uh, in terms of information rather than in, in a quantity of things. Right, right. Uh, and, and everything makes, makes it more clear. You know, people are sometimes confused between 6C and 30C because we think 30C is a higher number, so the medicine must be more potent. Uh, and they are confused because they say, how come the more diluted, the more potent? That, that is completely goes against our... our, our right or, you know, common sense. But my explanation is this. Uh, 6C is an information that is simpler. 30C is more, more, more sophisticated. If you, if you tomorrow you, you want, you, 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 you win, uh, you know, $32 million at the lottery and you decide to create the house of your dream, you're going to take a pad and sketch it. Okay, there will be very useful information, but not very much in depth. So you'll give that to your architect. This will be enough for him to understand what you want, but not enough for the builders. In order for the builders, the constructors to, to build your house, they need a blue, blueprint with everything up to the, you know, the wiring and, and the power plug. So this is the same thing, is your house of your dream, but it contains much more information. So. It's an analogy, you know, high dilution seems to be uh, more specific to symptoms that are encompassing your, mm. or affecting your own, your entire body and your mind. Whereas low dilution 60, they will be more, more like uh, local symptoms that do not affect your entire body. Wonderful. 
Okay. Can you give me some, I'm, I'm going to ask you for specifics. Can we do that? Yeah. Okay. The whole planet is stressed. Everybody is stressed, right? So, and, and these are having all kinds of, you know, in, bad things are happening. So if I want a homeopathic solution to my ongoing stress, um, as I told somebody the other day, I live in a sympathetic state. Parasympathetic is just like something that happens occasionally to me, but I'm like constantly in fight or flight. So if I want to de-stress, uh, what would you recommend that I take? So the first thing I will ask you is how do, how does, how do you react to your stress? So are you inhibited? That means you just curl down, blank mind, you know, uh, wait no, until it stops. Absolutely or, not. Or are you, which I think you are, more the type of uh, I'm going to act? Yes. There is not if, never enough time. Right. And if we push things too hard, I'm going to have stomachache yes. and, and be very impatient. You understand me. So yes. <laughs> those are two different medicines. Okay. The first one that inhibits, you know, it's more like stage fright. I forgot my lines. Mm. I don't know how to play. I have sweaty palms. I have a headache. That's right. Gelsemium 30C. But the one that seems to correspond more to the hyperactive, I want to act I yes. want, you know, there is never enough time. Right. That's more like Argentum nitricum, which is a homeopathic dilution of silver nitrate. And especially if your stress physically is, is manifest itself by uh, acute stomachache and, and uh, you know, problem with the di digestion. Argentum, Argentum. Ni nitric nitricum. Argentum is the Latin word for silver. Argentum. And nitricum is nitrate. Nitricum. Got it. Sorry, okay. Sorry, it's Latin. It's okay. Now I now now I got it, and <laughs> I can de-stress myself. So depending on how, you know, stress can the same stress can affect you and me. Mm. I am a I am a same. I'm gonna curl up and 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 wait until it it's over. Mm. And I'm going to forget my lines. Uh, you know, I panic. I, I play the violin. So in front, before an audition, uh, you know, I'm miserable because I think I forgot everything. But you will go and, and, and play and even play too fast. Yes. Okay. So the medis, although it's the same condition, stre over stress, homeopathy will take into account how you react. Mm. So this is why I said, it's highly individualized. Mm -hmm. Right, because it's a signal. It's, it's the password and not everybody, not each person understands the same password. We have to understand that what matters is how you or your body reacts. Mm. It's not the stimulus. We say stress. Mm -hmm. Right. And you see the difference with conventional uh, stress. Oh, conventional, I'm going to numb you. I put a shield between stress and you. Right. So you're numb. You're unable to react. Right. You're drowsy. Now, homeopathic thing is say, yeah, you have this stimulus, but it's the way you react that interests me. Right. Because depending on if you overreact or underreact, if you're hyperactive or if you're inhibited, the medicine is not the same. Okay. I'm going to get some of this and I'll get back to you. I'll let you know. Like, I'll send you some. 
I have I sent you some. Oh, please. And um, I want to report on this. Uh, no. It's because um, you're exactly right. Like I respond to stress with just more action. Like <laughs> what else can we do here? Well, we, we can just curl up and, and just be frozen. That's my reaction. Ah, it's not yeah. very productive, but that's how I react. Well, mine's not that. I get in a lot of trouble with mine too, I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is just so wonderful. Um, I guess if somebody wants to find a, a homeopath, how do you, are, are homeopaths graded like sourced? Like how do we, how does one do this? In the US, there is no official uh, diploma of homeopathy. Mm. Uh, my recommendation is this, and, and that's the pharmacist in me. Uh, there is a very reliable uh, site, the National Center for Homeopathy, uh, and the website is homeopathycenter.org, homeopathycenter.org in one word. And they have, a, they have a, a tab which helps people finding, you know, by zip code, by state, a, a physician, skilled in homeopathy. My preference, because of my culture, is, you know, find someone who is a physician or a doctor, a naturopathic doctor, but has a medical education. Because if the condition you have cannot be treated with homeopathy, it will tell you. Mm -hmm. Because homeopathy doesn't treat everything. Mm -hmm. It can relieve many things, but it is not the absolute. It cannot be substituted uh, to conventional treatments. Mm -hmm. As I say, it's a tool in the toolbox. Uh, so my preference is to find someone you trust and someone who has medical competency. So if there is a problem that homeopathy cannot address, you're in good hands. I think that's really smart advice. I, I think that, you know, we live in the world of uh, Google-powered, you know, self-experimentation, and that's not... Oh, I mean, whenever I like self-diagnose using Google and I tell my, I, I call my doctor, I say, Hey, guess what? I've got this and I'm treating myself with this. He's like, dude, no, <laughs> not a good idea. So yeah. Um, good advice. Uh, Christoph, is there anything else you feel the audience needs to know about homeopathy that yes. we need to yes. clear up? Please. So uh, there is something very important to my heart is uh, there are limits to self-medication with homeopathy or with anything you want. What is very important is that uh, on a homeopathic medicine, on each homeopathic medicine, you have drug facts. They are regulated as drugs by the FDA. Take advantage of it. When the, the warnings tell you, you know, if, if your symptoms last more than so many days or worsen, seek professional recommendation follow that advice because mm. we work hard to make sure that you don't go beyond the safe the the, the safe limit of self-medication mm. so trust the warnings follow them for everything homeopathic or not homeopathic but it is very important uh and i know it's you know difficult but uh pharmacists are more and more trained in the u.s about homeopathy Poison centers are trained about homeopathy. Uh, so the, the body of knowledge in homeopathy that was very 
very huge, very you know big at the beginning of the 20th century, went down until the 40s, and now it's it's coming back. So mm. you have competent people. Of course, you know companies such as mine, they have information centers, they have resources, and well, you know always. But the first thing is to um, don't overestimate the uh, the, the self medication. Mm-hmm. Know your know your limits and know when to ask for help. Mm-hmm. That's my first thing. The second thing is don't be irrealistic. Uh, homeopathic medicine can relieve a lot of conditions, but if you see someone pretending they can cure diabetes or cancer or HIV or whatnot with homeopathy. Seek a second opinion. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. So yeah. if it's too, if it's, you know, lose weight in two weeks with homeopathy, nah. Yeah. Be realistic. Yeah. Well said. Um, this is, I, I feel like I now understand homeopathy and I've, I've managed to make it through 62 years and, and not understand it. So. It's this not is... complex, but it needs no. to be said in some words. And uh, we, we, we try really hard to explain what it is and so people can take advantage of it and not making, making it esoteric because yeah. it's, it's really not that complex. No, uh, it doesn't seem like it is. But from a, like a casual glance, until you'd explained it to me, I, I didn't really get it. But um, this is super interesting. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to my Argentum nitricum. 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 It starts like nitrate. Nitricum. Nitricum. Okay. I'll, I'll send you some. Yes. And I'll, I'll report back. Christoph, it's been a joy. Um, super informational. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on the show today. And just as a quick follow-up here to that discussion, I sent an email to Christoph and I said, hey, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to really, really work on my legs. What should I do? And he said, take five Arnica 6C, put them under your tongue before you go to the gym. And then after you have your workout, put some Arnica gel on the part of your legs that you work out. And I did this. Uh, And I worked myself out in gym on my legs to the point where I could hardly stand. You know, that that sort of like wobbly, shaky leg, can't really walk downstairs feeling. And I followed what he told me to do. And the next day, I felt like I'd worked out, but my legs were fine. Like they didn't, there wasn't that pain thing. So um, that's, you know, N of one, experiment on my legs but that really worked so i'm you know file that away for future reference uh if you have any questions and you'd like to get in contact with me directly david at superage.com please leave a comment please leave a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast and tell your friends about it we'd love to have them join us here on the show everyone have a wonderful week and we'll be with you next week bye now